Hey, hey, it's Andy Anes, and you're listening to another episode of Let's Rage Cougs, uh, presented by the Fritz Kennel. On this episode of Let's Rage Cougs, we're going to be discussing all things. Uh, we're going to be talking all things Houston and St. Joseph's. A strong win for Houston as they now improve uh, to 2-0 and on the young season. They finish uh, the game, the victory, 81-55 over St. Joseph's. A lot of good and interesting game that ended up to have a lot of condensation, the stoppage throughout the game, um, which is something I had never seen before. And it, interesting, Kevin Sampson postgame said that the game came really close to being postponed due to those conditions. Um, but obviously a strong performance. Really, the two players of the game, Jarvis Walker and Jawan Roberts, those two uh, particularly on the offensive side of things, where the players of the game for Houston. Uh, on that note, we'll add in our third member for today's episode of Let's Rage Coops, Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar Review. Chris, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Excuse my tardiness, guys, but uh, wanted to mop up some of the conversation on my floor. <laughs> hey, no worries. I also had to uh, deal with condensation and issues and stuff like that. But regardless... Dan, I'm going to toss it over to you. Uh, what did you think overall, just uh, from Jarris Walker and Jawan Roberts? Um, those two played really well, dominating force. They really complement each other well as well with Jarris versatility offensively and Jawan's um, just energy in, in the way he plays the game. Uh, I just uh, really could tell with um, him being playing more time on the court, you could just tell he's been in the gym working on his game. And so – I think those two really played well, all started on the defensive end. Of course, they really dominated the paint. Chris, what were your main takeaways from this win? It was good to see them. They scored 81 points, and Marcus Sasser was two for nine from the floor. Yeah. You know, and he had turnovers, but Sasser and Shed combined for 13, 13 assists. So they did it different ways. And the front court, Juan and, and, and Jarris Walker can't come through with points production. I think this team will win games a lot of different ways this, this season, and that's the sign of a very good team. Front court get it done sometimes, back court some other times. You know, Ramon Walker came in and did what Ramon Walker does, you know. So um, good team win. Uh, Bill Wagner, the Navy beat writer, tweeted out that it, it, the court was new. So that might have been part of the issues with all the slips. And plus, there were players diving on the floor almost oh, yeah. every possession. <laughs> so that yeah, added to whatever issues that the court had by design. So I was glad to see the staffs get involved with using towels to dry the floor off for, for St. Yeah. Joe's and U8. So, I mean, do what you got to do to finish the game. Yeah, there were multiple times. I mean, I tweeted about it. You saw Alan Bishop, Kenan Hutchinson. Really, that, I think it was like four or five different members of the Houston staff. That were, uh, they had to run on the other side of the, of the court to, to be able to drive off. That's, that's kind of funny and unique because you don't see that every day. Uh, but, Chris, I'm going to toss it over back to you. It's kind of the same question I asked Dayon. But what were your thoughts on Jarris Walker and uh, Jawan Roberts? Jarris bounced back. You know, I guess I'm full screen. What happened to Dayon? I don't know what happened there. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna bring you back. There we go. Um, maybe Andy just wanted, I don't know what happened there, but anyway, it's live street streaming. That's what we do here on Less Rage Cougs, so just adjust on the fly. But Jess Walker bounced back from a three for 14 performance in his first game. He scored inside, scored outside. He did a little bit of everything to show why he is a highly ranked recruit. 
he had some issues, some lapses on defense, which I'm sure Coach Kevin Sampson and the staff will point out <laughs> in the film room, the video room, where he made some mistakes and, and didn't hustle and things like that. But second game of his freshman career. I mean, hey, he's, he's, we, saw, we saw flashes of what he can do when he's locked in and focused. And we also saw flashes of areas of what he needs to improve as a freshman needs to do and will do. Really see his versatility offensively, though. Yeah. His ability not only to shoot the basketball, but just just to handle it, score from um, mid-range. His floater. Range. floater. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Like, he's really, really versatile. Really leaps and balances from where Fabian was when he was a freshman. We know yes. what he developed into, but mm-hmm. come in as a freshman. And he has supreme athleticism to go along with that skill set. So, yeah, he's nice. As we, as we saw in the alley you one hand jam he got, he had yeah so, yeah yeah and the, the other player I was talking about uh, Juwan Roberts I think he showed some of his versatility offensively with a lot of um, he, this is the most active I've seen him just in terms of offensively he showed a couple of different moves I know he had a, he had a nice um, post hook shot in the first half um, just overall being able to be uh, that type of uh, cleaner on the glass, get rebounds. He had a big, uh, I don't know if you could call him a momentum play, but um, it certainly st- stopped the bleeding for a moment. I think St. Joseph's had cut it. I think that might have been the closest they got in the second half where they cut it to 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamal Shedd missed the three. Jawan Roberts got the rebound. And he converted on He converted on the layup. He also had the end one, and he finished with the free throw, which pushed the lead back up to 17. I thought that was a huge play. And just overall throughout, this is arguably probably, I mean, not even arguably, this is probably the best game we've seen uh, from Jawan Roberts overall during his time in Houston. He also had 12 rebounds for the double-double. Yeah, I mean, I think he's more comfortable in the offense. He's more comfortable as a leader. He and Jarius are roommates, as they've told us in post-media, you know, post-practice media sessions. They work out together after practice. So they're getting iron, iron sharpens iron. So I think Jairus' skill set is helping Juan get better. So a lot of positive. And the biggest positive, really, for me is none of the coups got hurt. Yeah. For all the <laughs> issues on the, with the court, nobody got injured. Along with everything else you mentioned, Chris, he knows he's dependent upon. He knows he's going to play a lot of minutes. Everything we would see in him from years past would be in a sample size. It wouldn't. It would be in spurts. We would see him dominating, but he wouldn't really get as many touches. He wouldn't. He wouldn't just be dependent upon to produce as much as he is this year. And he's definitely stepping up to the plate. And Reggie Cheney's healthy. As yeah, that. Yeah. That, that uh, slam dunk show. <laughs> that was a nice slam dunking. Even the basket before the first end of the first half, and he raced down the floor and got that layup. I won't mention his free throw shooting, uh, but the dunk and the layup were nice. But the front court played well, and the back court did not shoot well, and Houston still won, won by 26. Yeah, that was that was you literally read my mind where I was going to steer the conversation next. Moshed, Marcus Sasser, they didn't have <clears throat> at least when it comes to points perspective, shooting wise, they combined shot for four for 19, they combined for 11 points. But again, kind of sticking with Jamal Shed, once again, he followed up his strong uh, performance as a facilitator in game one against Northern Colorado. He did it again. He had eight assists. He only had one turnover throughout the night. I think he was really a calming uh, factor for Houston on offense, being able to set up 
Um, especially with St. Joseph in the second half, they were running a whole bunch of, it seemed like they threw everything at Houston when it came defensively. There were times where they had a uh, full court pressure. They were trapping. Sometimes they moved it to just a half court pressure and then even zone um, that even at the end of the first half, that really, it really ruined Houston's flow because really they were killing uh, the Hawks in transition early on in the first half. They were getting a lot of fast break points. I think they had 16 fast break points in the first half. Uh, when they went into the zone, it kind of made Houston start to take a lot more three pointers, which, um, at times you could see Kelvin Sampson on the sidelines. I don't think he was happy with it. A lot of the threes that they were settling for, and it, it really kind of changed the way that game was going for Houston offensively. Uh, but Jamal Shedd again continues to be that that facilitator that uh, Dan, I know you said in the past, is something that he does at an, at an elite level. And then Lila, he had a great game. He really, really had a great game outside of the way he's shooting the basketball, but he impacted the game the way a point guard. Um, I don't want to say should because typical days they have a lot of point guards score the basketball more from a traditional point guard perspective, CP3 mode, the way Coach Sampson likes his point guard. And while I was watching that game, I was just thinking about how Houston's recent success, they've it's been great point guard play. And not only scoring, but just the way that they control the tempo of the game, getting others involved, not turning over the way they hit the defense. And so, man, I was just very, very impressed with his basketball IQ. A lot of times he may skip passes over the zone, getting people wide open looks. And Jamal is a really, really, really good point guard. And I think he's going to be at Houston at least for a couple more years for sure. So, Man, I'm very, very impressed with Jamal Shedd and the way he plays the game, the way he attacks the game, the way he sees the game. He's he's a really, really good point guard. And Chris. St. Joe's, well, the Cougs had, for most of the first half, zero turnovers. How rare is that? They finished the first half with one. And then they and, kind of and that that one came on a on a play just because Emmanuel Sharp stepped out of bounds on a three point. Right. It wasn't even a. That's it. And then the second half. It could have been disinterest, lack of focus, whatever. They had eight turnovers. So, and I think you got to give a lot of credit to St. Joseph's too. Yeah, that's being what I able to switch yeah. switch around the defense that gave them a lot of uh, yeah. problems. Even just you know, it always seemed like they had to figure out what what that adjustment St. Joseph has had made, and it really at times it, it just got Houston a different flow offensively and. I mean, even to think about, I think there was one point where they went on the on the full court press and Tremont Mark got trapped and he threw it straight to the referee um, and it went out of bounds, just stuff like that. It, it really, it, I wouldn't say it caught Houston off guard. It was just something that they had to adjust to and it, it took them a while. Yeah, I say Joe, they played really hard in the second half. Um, I don't yeah. think the guards were dis, um, disinterested. I see King Jaja's comment. I don't think that at all. I just think um, the second half, they played really hard. They made adjustments. And the way the game was going, the guards didn't force anything. As good as Marcus says, what makes him even better is he doesn't force shots. He lets the game come to him, and that goes along with Jamal. He never forced a shot as well. And so they continue to move, play within the system. And they just let who, whoever's hot, they let them eat, and they just move the basketball. And they all feed off well. One thing, another thing that I noticed, too, is they play with the same intensity Coach Sampson coaches with on the sideline. You see him, he's intense, he's intense, and they play with that same intensity starting on the defensive end. And every possession on defensively, 
you have to really offensively for the opposing team focus on moving the basketball and really executing because nine times out of ten, you're not going to get an offensive rebound. They got a couple offensive rebounds, but the majority of the game, you're not going to get an offensive rebound against Houston. So you really, really have to execute. And Houston doesn't have defensive laps, whether it's rotations, getting hands on the ball. They all are on one accord and all in sync with one another. And so uh, I'm very impressed with this team so far from what I've seen. And to you guys' credit, giving St. Joe's credit, it was 41-40 on the boards. Mm -hmm. St. Joseph had more offensive boards than Houston in the game. How often will we say that this season? Not a lot. So that will be a point of emphasis for Coach Sampson, I'm sure. Despite winning by 26 points, he's going to hammer that point home. So that's what makes this program great. They hang their hat on specific things. And if they didn't live up to those expectations, they'll work to correct it. One of the other things, so Marcus Sasser, we, we touched on the backcourt. What did what did you guys see from him overall? He, he won for six three-point shooting. Uh, that's not something that we're going to worry about, but he had five assists. He did have three turnovers. Um, just over your thoughts on his performance. I'll, Dan, I'll toss it over to you first. Make, he made some good decisions in the pick and roll. I like the way he his decision making in the pick and roll. Again, I like how he didn't force shots, got out to a good start, which I think jump started the team. Then he just kind of let the game play itself out. Um, good ball handling. I, I was impressed with Marcus as well, especially on the defensive end, the way he he attacks on the defensive end. And so I think overall he had a good game as well, despite what the numbers say. You look at the way he impacted the game offensively, and then all the eyes. He know he's going to draw so much attention. I think that opens up, and he's aware how much that opens up the floor from everyone else. And he, he did a good job of moving that. He had a lot of hockey assists tonight where mm-hmm. it, his pass didn't lead to the assist, but he made one pass, and that pass led to another pass, which led to a bucket. And so I was very impressed with Marcus's game tonight. Yeah, it was, it was as if the game plan for the Hawks was to not make Marcus Sasser beat us. So they mm-hmm. tossed two, three guys at him and made other players for the Cougs beat them, and Jarrett Walker and, and Jawan Roberts did that. So I think it's another example, indication of the versatility of this team, the balance of this team going forward. Again, Marcus Sass did not score a lot of points, and Houston still scored 81 points and only shot 5 or 26 from the three and still won by 26 points. Yeah, I think a lot of teams will play zone against Houston. Uh, that's, when I, that's the way that I'm seeing the first games. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to play zone against Houston. But one player we haven't talked about, which I'm sure I'll let him get to it, was Tremont. Yeah, no, exactly, Down, You read my mind because he was going to be the next player I went to. And I think for Tremont, overall, the, the thing that stood out to me was just how he was rebounding. I think those those one point in specifically or one that's, that is still stuck in my head that I remember vividly uh, because he was in the corner. Uh, he was open for three. Uh, Jarris Walker was kind of uh, cutting into the paint. He decided to take a mid-range shot. And Tremont Mark went from uh, I'm open for a shot to immediately when he saw that Walker was going to shoot, he cut in, got into the paint, got into the middle of the paint. Lo and behold, the ball bounced off the rim and it went straight to Tremont Mark. Now, he didn't necessarily come up with the rebound, but the ball, uh, he was certainly fighting for it. The ball was loose and then it went, it led to a loose ball situation. It was a jump ball and Houston had possession, so it gave them an extra possession. I think that's something that's been underrated uh, so far in the season with Tremont Mark, something that uh, both of you guys know, Kelvin Sampson said multiple times leading up to the game or leading up to the season, uh, making plays that impact winning. That right there, that bought Houston an extra possession and overall for the game, he finished with 
with six rebounds. Uh, five of them were defensive rebounds, so that's something. Uh, even if he's not necessarily scoring, uh, which we know he can do on any given night, that's something where uh, for the first two games he's found a way to, to make an impact. I think Tremont, again, echoed what Deion said after the first game, will be the guard who rebounds. Rebounding guard, he had six boards tonight. I think he's going to fit that role this season. Yeah. And, I mean, every year it's somebody in the backcourt wing spot that will crash the board. And this season, it looks like tomorrow will be that guy. Yep. Uh, not only that, uh, well, yeah, not only that, he, I'm loving with the intensity he's playing with, too. He looks like he's everywhere on the court in his length. He's getting tips, loose balls. But offensively, he was efficient today. Five of nine, his mid-range jumper is pretty much automatic. And that's why I, I, I wanted to see this game when they would go against man-to-man was his ability to get inside and, and finish in that mid-range in which he did a good job of doing that. Didn't make his threes, but he didn't settle for threes once he's what they weren't dropping. He was getting inside and making um, his, his, mid, his mid-range jump shot. And so I was very, very impressed with, with Tremont as well. And the three-point shooting, you know, zone defense that I think – other teams will toss the, at the Cougs this season. The more they see it, the better they'll get at it. Yeah, okay, yeah. they don't practice against it, as we hear yeah. all the time. What the Samson said uh, the last year, they had only seen it once. Yeah, they, they had practiced, practiced, they practiced one day, and I think that was Sunday before they faced Northern Colorado. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now was you know different look zones, triangle and two things like that. But Marcus Sasser from three, one for six. Jamal Shed over five. T Mark over three. Not gonna be too many games where they combine and go one for fourteen from three, okay, against zone. So teams, the more the Cougs see it, teams can play that zone and try their luck, and then see how many times the Cougs will go one for fourteen from three. But then if they miss it, Coach Sampson says we don't care if we miss, we're just gonna get the board and and beat you that way. So no. we'll see how it all plays out. I'm just going back to a point I think we're gonna say a lot this season is this team will beat opponents different ways. Based mm-hmm. on matchups, personnel. I mean, it's hard to get overhyped after two games, but we can see the potential that this team has. Absolutely. And I think, well, I, I'll, I'll put a pin on it because first I have to give a shout out to our sponsor for today's Let's Rage Cougs, the Fritz Kennel. Um, make sure you, you go out and if you ever have, uh, you need a space to be able to. to drop off your furry friend whether it is you're going out of town or anything be sure to look up uh, our guys at the fritz kennel make sure if you ever want to contact them you can do so at 713-464-9852 fritz kennel uh huge thanks to them for being a sponsor of let's rage Cougs following houston's 81 of 55 victory over saint joseph's in the veterans classic now uh the thing i was going to say chris the, the interesting thing about that um, you just mentioned it. Marcus Sasser, Jamal Shedd, Tremont Mark, they combined. Uh, well, Tremont Mark had a decent shooting night, but Shed Sasser in particular didn't have a good shooting night. Um, Houston, in particular, in the second half, they, they I wouldn't say they had a turnover bug or anything like that, but they were stopped a bit um, when it came to turning over the ball. They had eight, eight turnovers in the second half. And again, like we mentioned, they still ended up winning by 26 points. Um, and like you said, the more they more teams give zone looks, the better they're going to get at as the season progresses. And I know you said you can't be that excited after just two games, but 
I mean, hearing that, 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 that's, that's, that's incredible. And Marcus Sasser, he's the, he's, was picked in the preseason Associated Press all team in, in, in the entire country. He's obviously picked to be the American Athletic Conference Player of the Year and by by the coaches in the conference. And you know, it showed that Houston isn't going to – Houston doesn't necessarily need him to be on it day in and day out for Houston to win and not only win, win big. Yeah, and that's a beauty of this team. Marcus Sasser is the veteran leader of this team. By season's end, he may not be this team's best player. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. <laughs> you know, he may not. He may not be the team's best player. He may not. That might be Jairus Walker. And come March, he, that might be Jairus Walker be the best, you know, best player on this team. But even, even if it's 1A, 1B, think about that. Okay, both guys are considered first-round draft picks. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the kind of versatility that this team could possess going forward in this season. Marcus Sasser had an off game today by his standards. And Houston still scored 81 points, despite Again. shooting five for 26 from three. They still scored 81 points. Yeah, and we also gotta keep in mind the the, the team that they going against and the talent as far as the front court and the front court being able to dominate dominate a team doesn't really have front court talent as good as they'll see. I think against some of the upper echelon talent that they'll see, I, I can't see Houston being as Winning games with Marcus Sasser shooting how he should shot today. I still think he had a, a good game, despite what the numbers say. I don't look at numbers to see if they had a good game, but I think as the um, talent and the um, teams they get better, he they'll need to pin on him more, more and more. But I, I yeah, for sure, I think um, the team definitely will beat you in different ways, whether he scores. Five points, ten points, however many points, that doesn't matter. I think he, he'll impact the game in different ways for sure. And that's the beauty of this team. If the staff says, Marcus, we need you to take over, he can do it. Yeah. <laughs> but that may not be needed a lot this season. And how many times will that be the case in conference play? This last year in the American, there's not a lot of great teams in the American this season. No, this is not the Big 12. Okay, so let's be honest with that. How many, the tougher competition overall for the Cougs would be in non-conference, mm -hmm. not in the AAC. I'm not know, saying they're going to go undefeated. Okay. It's good. Tulane is going to be good. There's some, it's not only a couple games in the non-conference that, that's good when you compare it to the conference schedule. Oregon is all right, but they're not better than Memphis. They don't got talent like Memphis guys. Uh, Memphis, has, Memphis, Memphis has five old heads. That's talent, though. I don't care how old how, 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 how many How much time do they have, really? Really? They got talent. Out, out, of, out of the five of them, how much talent do they have? Talent. A lot of talent. Yeah. A lot okay. of talent. Besides Kendrick Davis. Talent. And, okay, one. Okay, And Keep DeAndre going. Williams, that's two. Give me the that's other talent. other three. I said how many? How many out of the Dandre. five? Their center, that's talent. Uh, Low Max, he got talent. Uh, let me go. Let me pull up their roster. Pull up their roster. It, it's not as good as this team. Memphis has more experience. This team, but it has more experience than they've had talent. It's more that's the issue than what they'll see in the non-conference. That that that's the point. No, the issue, the difference for them is they have experience now. They've had more talented teams previously. And talent. Well, we're not talking about what they had previously. What we're saying was they will face more talent in conference than what they're facing in their non-conference schedule. Kendrick Davis, Alex Lomax, 
Lawson is good. Both Lawson. DeAndre Williams is good. Dandruff, the big body, he's good. Yeah, they are like better than Alabama, Virginia, and uh, Oregon. They're better than Virginia. I, I gotta, mm. see, I gotta see Alabama. Mm. I would see Alabama. Polls, the polls say different. I don't look at the polls. I know my eye test team. I seen what Virginia has. They bring the same team they bring back last year. Same team. I seen it with my eyes. I know best. But the but, the, but the difference is Memphis is different. It's not the same team. They he started five different guys this year because they're veterans. Penny's going a different route this year because he realized that youth was not getting it done for him to get to the NCAA tournament. That's smart. <laughs> right. But we haven't Mitch. seen them mesh together as a team yet. That's an interesting question to pose. Uh, and I'm curious to get for some of the viewers uh, that are watching the comments too. Who who would be is it was the argument that Memphis would be the toughest, or what was it that, that Houston won't see anyone as tough? Um, the toughest opponent will come from the non conference schedule essentially than anyone from the American Athletic Conference. That was the question, correct? No, I didn't say anyone from America. I said athletic conference. I said overall. Overall, the conference is down like it has been the last two years. American is not the Big 12. It's not the Big 12. There, there are eight, eight Big 12 tournament teams, NCAA tournament teams in the Big 12. Let's there, might be two. there might be two in the American. Let's list their non-conference schedule. Northern Colorado, St. Joseph, Oral Roberts, Texas Southern, Oregon, Kent State, North, North Fork State, St. Mary's, North Florida, uh, Alabama, Virginia, North Carolina, Antiche, McNeese. So you mean to tell me that those teams I mentioned don't have more talent than the teams in the conference? I can give you Oregon is, is arguable, Oregon, and probably Virginia and Alabama. But the rest of those okay, teams, that's, that's three. Three that's teams. Three, three teams. How many, how many okay. teams in the American? In have the American. In those three teams? Yes. Three teams. But you said overall, that's more than that's that's more, more than three. Than yeah, more than three. three. Okay. Yeah. How many? How many? Hello, though, but overall, we got to take it overall, right? You said that there's more, not as many. So out of how many games is this? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Three out of 13 teams are, in my opinion, have some good talent. And so looking at that, more talent than some of those teams, I, three of those teams, you can argue. SMU got some talent. Um Tulane got some talent. That, talent. that talent's in Memphis now. Well, you're talking about two players. You don't think the players are there because they have talent at SMU? You don't think the players at SMU have more talent than the players that make me stay? Virginia, at Alabama, and Oregon? But you're relying on three teams. That's three out of 13. Your comment was that they will not face as much talent in the non-conference schedule. Not all just three of those games. It's 13 games out of you. Now you now you picking back in on three games. Three teams. You get do you get you catch the drift of what you said. I you said it. I didn't say it. I, I stand by. Those three teams have more talent than anybody in the American other three teams. Yes. We'll we'll put a pin on it there. We'll segue uh there here on Let's Rage Cougs. It kind of segued into first take there for a little bit. I love it. I love the the fire between them both of you guys. But uh one final note I did want to make in regards to Houston and St. Joseph's. Uh, and this was in particular the first half, and this was how strong Houston uh, started the game out defensively overall against, um, honestly, they were suffocated, suffocating St. Joseph's. There was a point right there when Houston uh, jumped out to, I guess they jumped out to the game in the game on a 34 to 11 run. 
um, where really uh, it didn't seem like the Hawks could get anything going on offense. They were turning it over left and right, which was one of the big reasons why Houston was excelling uh, in transition. They, like I mentioned earlier in the show, they had 16 fast break points over on the first half. St. Joseph committed 10 turnovers, which they were able to clean up a little bit in the second half. Uh, but again, going back, we, we kind of focused on offense. What, Chris, I'll go to you first. What do you see from Houston's defense, and particularly in that first half where – uh, especially in the first part of the first half, they, they were really dominant. They looked really stellar against the Hawks. The Cougs, this, this Cougs team is more explosive in transition when they force turnovers and getting easy buckets. So that is going to be a difference for this, this year's team so they can force steals, play the passing lanes, and get out and go much, much quicker and more effective than this team can, so, than, than previous Cougs teams can. So that's going to be a difference to them. Just another option in the back for them to go to score points transition fast break points beats in the low post now mid-range game three-point shooting three-point shot may be the last thing that impacts for this team and they'll need it sometimes this season they're not going to go one for 20 most likely you know ever ever again five mm-hmm. for 26 might be more common this here and there a little bit but they still can beat you with offense rebounding points in the paint Transition buckets, steals, and, and buckets and fast break points. Different ways for this team to score because they're more versatile and they're deeper. Yeah, like Chris just said, I think um, they're more athletic, specifically up front as well, than they've been in a while. And I think that translates more to more fast break points. And I, I would like to see them actually play a little faster. I, I think that would be to their advantage. Whenever the opportunity presents itself, I love the way Jamal should control the tempo of the game, but. I do think, like Christian said, they probably is the uh, more athletic team that, that we've seen in a while. And I think um, defensively, it's, they just all on one accord. It's like you use a football analogy. They, like, just blitz you, like, every single possession. They blitz you. And when it seems like you might have advantage, somebody is rotating, whether they're getting in position or they're reaching in, getting a deflection and everything. And so defensively, a lot of times their defense turned into offense, specifically specifically today, because mm-hmm. they would get a stop, would get a deflection, and a lead to a transition basket. And I think that's something that they should use to their advantage for sure, because they, they definitely is more athletic and depth. And we haven't even talked about Ramon Walker. I know Chris mentioned it a little bit, Ramon Walker doing what Ramon Walker does, but we really haven't talked in depth about what he's bringing. I know in our last uh, one of our podcasts, I mentioned about how offensively I seen one that I thought he would take the next step, and it looks like he is doing that so far through two games. And it's, and it's, can, it's uh, good to see, excuse me, Andy. St. Joseph being young, and they have never, it's hard to simulate Cougs defense in yeah. practice. Yeah. Okay, if you've yeah. never seen it before, that's what that first half really was for them. Yeah. <laughs> they were just like doing headlights completely. Yeah. <laughs> so, second half, they adjusted to it, got used to it a little bit. They matched physicality, and mm-hmm. that's one, one key to conference opponents. They see the Cougs once or twice a year, so they're used to that. And that's why conference games are more competitive for, for Houston because the defensive style and physicality, they're used to it year in, year out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the only the other thing I was going to add to both of you guys' points, like you mentioned, that athleticism, I think for the guards in particular, their quickness is something that, uh, like you mentioned, we have Joe Roberts, Jarris Walker um, up front with the length. And then in, in particular, it was a couple of times today, especially when a St. Joseph player maybe would get trapped, whether it be in the, in the poster in the corner, 
um, and they make a pass. And it just seems like, and, and maybe it's just me, uh, an observation through the first two games, but it seems like Houston's guards, I don't know if, ne- if it's necessarily that they're quicker, but because of how veteran experienced all the guards are, they're doing a much better job at making the reads of just jumping at the ball. There's been a lot more times where I've seen Marcus Sasser, Tremont Mark, and, and I mean, Ramon Walker gives it to his credit. There's one, he's one of the players that have been able to get into the passing lanes and, and really uh, anticipate passes that, that opposition through the first two games are making once they, once they are trapped, um, whether it be in the in the corners or, I mean, even off the screens whenever they, they jump on at double teams whenever they try to do screens. Dan made a great point about Houston's closeout ability. They mm-hmm. do a great – you very rarely see them on the perimeter yeah. go for pump fakes. Yep. They, they chop those feet and get right there in the jumper shooter's face. So, I mean, it, it is just a great – that's coaching and the players yeah. being used to it in the system and learning how to do it. Coos defensive style. Yep. Yeah. And that's something that Kelvin Sampson has emphasized. He says the worst, the worst thing or the thing he hates the most is whenever uh, a player files a jump shooter. And that's something that you see right there. Like you said, Chris, they do a great job at uh, closing out, chopping their feet and not letting, like you said, not letting, not, not biting for those pump fakes um, that oppositions do it. Now, uh, the final player that we all talk about in depth, Ramon Walker, who, Give credit to him. We coming into the season, like we all know, the identity player he became for Houston, drawing charges. He had another one of those identity type plays, um, which ultimately didn't even lead to a position for Houston, but it was just absurd. Uh, there were two St. Joseph players. The ball was going out of bounds. Uh, it didn't really seem like Ramon Walker had a chance, but he outran both of the St. Joseph players, dove for the ball, and almost made a play. It hit off a St. Joseph defender player, and then it bounced back and hit Ramon Walker as he was sliding out of bounds. Um, but that in and of itself, I mean. That just embodies what Ramon Walker brings to the table. And you tweeted about that. And I don't know if, if we can do it because we're trying to do so much other things as the game's going on. But chart how many times the Cougs hit, hit dive on the floor. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure the staff does it. But yeah. if we keep track of it, man, because Ramon did it. Tremon did it. Jarris did it. Marcus Reggie. did it. Everybody did it. You yeah. know, and probably at least twice at least twice on average. So that's what nine guys play. That's that's 18 times right there. And that's probably just a low estimate of how many times the Cougs were diving on the floor throughout this ball game. I I would hate that to be a a drinking game every time a a Cougs (laughs) dive on the floor take a drink. Man, because we'd be just toe up on the floor (laughs) for that. But uh, it's just a great job. Ramon Walker, that play talked about, I think he started like half court and caught up with St. Joseph players and chase and just dove, just almost was like a head first slide, get it to the ball. So it's a salute to him. And, and I, I think that goes back into the intensity that Coach Sampson coaches with, um, not only I'm sure in practice, but also in the game. And, and they play with it. And Ramon, he just comes in with a ball of energy. I mean, we we know the identity plays that he makes, but today he, he knocked down some jump shots, uh, had a four point play, had an and one that was very impressive when he got mm-hmm. fouled and made it with his left hand. And so mm-hmm. if he could continue just to continue to develop his offensively, be a consistent shooter, um, man, I, I love to see where he's going to go and just think about that we can, we're talking about depth terrence haven't even had his coming out party yet and i know it's going to be a game where he's going to have his game i think ramon ramon is going to continue to <clears throat> develop and so man i, I just love the, the way that this team like chris chris is saying they can beat you in so many different ways and it's only two games but we can see there any given night i feel like they can have any player that can probably lead them in scoring, whether it be J1, whether it be Jairus, 
whether it be Tremont or Marcus uh, or even Jamal on the even given night. Mm -hmm. We've seen nights where her, where he can't miss a shot. And so, man, th this team is so deep. And I just love the way that they, they all believe in one another and they play selfless basketball. There's no hero ball, even though Marcus gets all the recognition that he gets and rightfully so, he never forces a shot. Like yeah. I didn't see mm -hmm. anywhere in the game where he like, dang, I got seven points. Let me let me try to get it a little bit. He still moved the basketball, and let the game come to him. And I think that all starts not only with Coach Sampson, but with the um the point guard play as well. I think you just move the basketball and um give up good shots for great shots. You know, Marcus has the ultimate green light because Coach Sampson trusts him and he still doesn't force shots. <laughs> so, you know, Jeff Perdue had a great comment. David Francis, big man, he'll get better throughout this season yeah. as a, a rim protector. That's another player who should develop and get better throughout this season. Like yeah. I said, I said it earlier, and I think you guys agree, and I think fans too as well. Man, it's hard not to get overexcited about the potential of this team for this season. Yep. Absolutely. And that's, uh, I mean, that's pretty much going to do it for today's show. We'll be back. We'll, we'll be back tomorrow, Saturday, for uh, Let's Rage Cougs, the football edition as the football team uh, takes Temple. And we'll see how the defense bounces back from, from that performance against SMU. But uh, Houston, once again, final score, they defeat uh, St. Joseph's 81 to 55 in Annapolis, part of the Veterans Classic. Um, Jarvis Walker led all scorers. He had a very strong offensive performance. He had 23 points, added in eight rebounds, and Juwan Roberts uh, was right up there with him with a 19.12 rebound double-double. Houston will be back Monday night at Fertitta Center against Oral Roberts. And, Dayon, something you mentioned uh, earlier in the show where Houston hasn't really played you know, the two teams they've played earlier. They haven't really had uh, a guard that's that's – posed a lot of challenges for Houston. Well, they're going to see that on Monday against Oral Roberts and Mac, uh, Max Atmos, who uh, has shown... Acemus. pronounced Acemus. I don't know what that, that B symbol, whatever it is, but it's pronounced Acemus. And I was like, okay, whatever you say, Dad, <laughs> but that's how you pronounce it. It's spelled A-B-M-A-S, but it's pronounced hmm. Acemus. So, Interesting. That, yeah. that, that's, Go uh, figure. Well, <clears throat> I, I might have just butchered more than the, the broadcast guy just butchered a Terrence Arsenal's name during the live. Um, he got better during the second half. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I wonder but, if he got a message to him about, because it's like, what do we say? Arsino. Arsino. He seemed hesitant. As, he's not, as like, he he's not from the South because he's never yeah. heard that name before. Yeah. But um, so Oral Roberts is going to be their next opponent. They actually lost their opening game. Another opponent that Houston's going to see later on down the road, uh, St. Saint Mary, 78-70. to 70. So that's going to be uh, interesting. Houston, like I mentioned, they're going to see both of those teams down the road. But Oral Roberts, Chris, I'll go over to you first. Um, what, Whether it be a takeaway from this game or what can you expect to see from Houston, I'm wondering what will you be looking for in regards to Houston's third game of the season? And I, I haven't studied that that game between Oral Roberts and St. Mary's. But I didn't see Max Aismas too much in the box score. So I'm not sure yeah. if he didn't play a lot, if he's injured, or because he makes a big difference, clearly, you know, because he led the league country in scoring like two seasons ago. He gets them up. He gets buckets. But without him, they're a very different team. Because I really would like to see him going against Marcus Sasser and Jamal Shedd. And I think there'd be some NBA scouts in the building for that too as well uh, on Monday. But Deion... Touches on a point. I'm kind of curious when, I guess it'll be December, when the first net rankings come out. The Cougs really will need, they got to win <clears> their, <throat> their matchups against Oregon, Virginia, 
Alabama, St. Mary's, because, I mean, let's be honest, man. Other than that, those four games, the non-conference schedule is not tough, you know, in terms of net rankings. Yeah. So, and there's still the cloud, the stigma overall about the American and teams in the American. Tulane, I think, will be better this year. But will the net rankings think of them that way? You know, so because we heard it all, a lot last season. Well, you know, Houston is not beating the team, blah, 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 this. And so won't be yeah, an issue. That was a big, that was a big reason why they ended ranked fifth. Yeah. So oh. I'm kind of curious. They, they got to win. I mean, I'm talking seeding purposes because yeah. the Cougs will be in a tournament, you know, obviously. Yeah. But a loss to Bama, Oregon, Virginia, the marquee matchups for non-conference, how would that impact? How much of an impact would that have for the Cougs in net? And to your point, Chris, remember last season, they kind of went through the same thing where some of the teams that they beat didn't end up having good seasons. Right. So they made that yeah. net ranking kind of low. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, like you said, that's, a, that's another good point. And they, they got to um, beat those teams. And like you said, that's a, that's a great point. Yep. Down, final note, uh, anything you'll be looking for in particular in regards to Houston on Monday? I just just continue to look for them to continue to gel together as a team. Um their depth, I feel like any any given game, someone is going to have a breakout party, whether it be Javier, um, Ramon, or Terrence, or Tremont, or anyone. And so I'm just looking for them to continue to gel together, specifically defensively. I know that defense is good. I still think it can be a lot better yes. because they had some some laps today. And I think yeah. as the competition gets stiffer, I know Coach Sampson is going to coach them hard even more, especially when he looks at their rebound instead. So be looking out for the defense to see if they can just tighten up a little bit game by game and get 1% better each game. And Andy, in case anybody's wondering, I think we know it, but there was not a Zoom post game mm-hmm. for us, so that's why you didn't see any post game comments from Coach Sam or any of the players because it wasn't anything for us to to give you guys. You know, let's race Cougs. That won't be an issue. Football Monday, Monday, Saturday, or football on Monday. So <laughs> that's one of those. I think this might be one of the few times where we won't have a Zoom or road game. So just keep that in mind going forward. It was because we didn't want to. We had nothing to give you. <laughs> so that's what that is. But Monday's game will be on ESPN Plus. So keep that in mind as well. ESPN exclusive. I'll take this time right now to plug in the Pod Slam and Jam a YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe for um, really your one stop shop for all things Houston Cougars football, men's basketball, and women's basketball. Um, there's a couple of different clips just from throughout the week. Week going back to Monday while everyone was in the World Series parade. Uh, Joseph Duarte, I, and Ryan Monceau, shout out. We were the only three that were in Daniel Hogerson's press conference. Oh, you were one, one of the three, okay. <laughs> yes, we're celebrating uh, the World Series parade. So big shout to, to us three, but. Um, obviously, of course, from throughout the week, availability from Kelvin Sampson, uh, Jarvis Walker from Tremont Mark, and we had Bria Patterson as well, and a couple of women's basketball players just throughout the week. So you want to stop shop for all stuff, Houston Cougars, football, men's basketball, and women's basketball. Chris, I'm going to toss it over to you. Where can people find you? And of course, uh, thank you for allowing us to use your platform and your YouTube channel here to stream Let's Rage Cougs on the Houston Round Ball Review YouTube channel. Oh, of course, man. And, and Twitter, you see right there, ZHR Review, YouTube, Houston Round Ball Review. Same on Instagram and even on TikTok. Houston Round mm. Ball Review on TikTok, which I, I got to start posting more clips on. But we'll have our next Folks Talking Sports with me, Andy, and James Mueller this Sunday 
I think at 6 p.m. Central Time, talking about we'll recap the weekend and preview all Roberts and probably talk some Big 12 news, Pac-12 news, other college sports news as well on Folks Talking Sports on our Twitter account at Folks Talk Sports, but also on the Houston Round Bar View on YouTube. So, Andy, once again, great job. Dan, once again, great job. And, folks, if any of you are wondering, man, Chris and Dan were going heat. It's all love here, man, people. This is all yeah. love. This don't, don't even, don't trip, nothing, nothing like that. We're going to have a long time. Okay, so it's, 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 it's all good. No hate, no animosity whatsoever. Much respect between him and Andy. So it's, it's, it's a great thing. Don't even, oh, they're better to No, we weren't. None, none of that <laughs> at all. Okay, none, nothing whatsoever. So I think, Dan, will you be good, available tomorrow? Of course, yeah, I'll be okay. available. And like Chris just said, that's just conversation, man. We're just going back and forth. Sometimes we're not always going to agree, and and that makes it better for a show. And so definitely nothing ill intent is there. And so it makes it just a better conversation. We can't agree on everything. And like Andy just said, Chris, thank you for allowing us to use your YouTube channel, of course, and thank you for Andy as well, allowing me to be partner with him for all the great work that he's doing. You can follow me on all social media at Dayon Dunlap. But can we get Predictions for tomorrow for football from you guys as well before we go. Oh, what's the spread? Come on, Andy, you supposed to throw it off top of your head, man. Come on, I, that's your thing. I haven't, I haven't checked. Let me, I can get it for you real quick. Um, but honestly, I, I think Don't it'll be a much closer game than whatever the spread is, uh, just because of how good Temple is at being able to to get pressure on the quarterback. Kuz will win. Because they have to. <laughs> Does that make sense? I mean, I mean, yeah. That's where we are. So, uh, yeah, based like on what it. you find out to spread, I might, I might go a little further. Okay. Now I like that. I, I like Chris just saying. Wow. Houston's actually. Uh, sorry, Dan. I'm being to cut you off, but Houston's actually favored by 20 points to beat Temple. Ooh. 20 Ooh. point favorites. I would take the under. I would take the Ooh, under I because again, by like I think 14, 14, 17, maybe. But ooh. I think Temple's going to pose some problems defensively because they, they, they do lead the country when it comes to, to getting pressure and sacks on quarterbacks. And that's that. The offense will give credit to the offensive line. That hasn't really been the problem for Houston the last few, um, really, since the Memphis game. It hasn't really been a problem for Houston, but uh, Toon hasn't really faced much pressure. It'll be interesting to see that, that dynamic. And then, obviously, the story of the game is how does the defense bounce back from giving up 77 points against SMU? But damn, I'll toss it over to you. I mean, to cut you off. No, no, no. I was just um, seconding what Chris said. Cougars will win because they have to. And I'm going to be looking forward to when they be pass happy. I know last game they kind of had to to keep up, but what, what kind of running game will we see? Will, will Tazon Henry be back? I, um, Dana's been, been hitting at it. Will we see Campbell? We didn't see him none last week. Will it be all um, Sneed or, or what? And so I'm just going to be seeing what the, uh, the offense could continue to play in defense. They got to step up. They got to bounce back. Yeah, and that's going to do it for today's show. It actually, it seems like Tejon Henry might be good to go tomorrow. He tweeted that he'll be back, so that's that'll be something to keep an eye on. Uh, once again, final score, Houston defeats uh, St. Joseph's 81-55. to 55. That's going to do it. Thank you, all guys, for tuning in, and we'll be back tomorrow. Thank go you. Cool.